0: Okay, welcome to episode 8 of the Invictus podcast. In this episode, we kind of discuss our story of how me and Tony started training together and then how we opened the gym, which is quite an interesting story. At least we find it interesting. And
1: Yeah, a lot of people don't know where we started from and then um, not only that, but um, our kind of story of how Invictus yeah. came to be.
0: Yeah, so this answers a lot of that saves you guys asking us and us explaining a million times so you can listen to it all here but just bear in mind in this episode uh we had to pause and stop for recording quite a few times just because my therapist Brittany here had uh quite a few people coming through the office slash slash podcast studio um so uh, just just bear that in mind uh Otherwise, for the recording audio should be a hell of a lot better than last week's one, where it kept cutting out a little bit. So enjoy the podcast, and yeah, let us know what you think. Okay, welcome to episode eight, eight. of the Invictus Podcast. Holy moly, eight!
1: Look at that. So um, we thought we would uh, have a bit of a chat about how we came to be. A lot of people. Um. Scared to ask sometimes or they really wonder how a twenty something year old guy and a thirty plus lady <laughs> the funny, lady. Looks, the funny um, looks all lady that came to be in business um, and start this gym that we that we've been here for eight
0: years or so. Yeah, coming on eight, nine. Eight or nine
1: years. Yeah. So two thousand and so 2000 and
0: 2002. No,
1: 2012. 2012. 2012. The end of 2012. Oh, 2012. Uh, we 2012. yeah, <laughs> we um, came together to start the business. But prior to that, uh, we worked together. And the funny thing is, our then boss at the leisure leisure centre. Um, She's the one who put us together virtually, and then I think that was a really bad that move on. That was her downfall. <laughs> she, she lucked out <laughs> yeah, yeah. on her part. So we...
0: I think I was running I was running the boot camp, and you were running the boxing fitness class. Yeah. And they wanted to... They, they they were painting or renoing the yeah. boxing room.
1: So we had to... Um,
0: so they put, merged the classes.
1: Yeah, they had to put the class together because those two classes were running at the same time. And, um, they spun it as that they were really lucky to get two good trainers. And it was like a master master class. So it was, um, kill or be killed kind of style class. They were huge. We
0: used to have like, we used to get like 30 people. Yeah. 30 plus people per class. that,
1: that, um, that was, that was like a year or so before that. Maybe. I reckon a couple. Maybe.
0: I reckon it might've been a couple because I bug it off for a bit and then, and came back. And came back and just, but when I came back, I only came back and did like oh, yeah. the, because I went away and then I came back and just did the the challenge that you weren't, you didn't do because you were
1: going on a cruise. You
0: were going on a cruise. So <laughs> I did the challenge with uh, quite yeah. a few of the other notable coaches that are still around. And so we actually,
1: yeah, we actually found that when we did these Master Blaster classes, um, we would come together on a Monday and it was to cert sort of like a month or so. Was supposed to be um, oh that we had very similar training ideas and very similar ideas and we would go I was thinking about doing this today and then Craig would say I actually was thinking along the same lines but added this to it so we kind of found that yeah. our training styles were um, a bit alike we had similar interests we just um, had fun I think that was yeah. the main
0: thing like we actually had heaps of fun running the classes like it wasn't super serious it was, like, give people a good training session, but, like, enjoy it. Have yeah. fun. We had fun. And I think that's why they were so successful.
1: Yeah, then we decided to do Tough Mudder, and I, I had decided that I was doing Tough Mudder, and then I just harassed Craig for about, I don't know, ages. No, I, don't think,
0: I think Tough Mudder was. It was when you were trying to harass me to do a marathon, and I was like, no, nah, see you later. <laughs>
1: um, and then he said yes, that he would do it. And then we are like, we're going to train for it properly because it was the first year that Tough Mudder was yeah. a thing. Um, and well, we, yes. run a, we, we like did once the first, the first one in
0: Australia, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: run once a week, and we would do outside sessions. <coughs> I, reckon and I reckon
0: we ran. I reckon we we're doing like. Uh, so, I reckon we got to a point where we we're doing two or three a week.
1: Well, we we're doing a long run. Yeah, we ha- yeah. We and were- then, um, Craig's like, we should run some outdoor sessions to train people for Tough Mudder. That was after yeah, the first one, started, and right. that's how we started the actual doing stuff outside of the actual gym that we were working at. And it was crazy because, you know, I had the trailer and then – or he'd have the trailer and then we'd have to yeah. shove all this stuff.
0: Well, it was all – like, we, all, we didn't have a lot of equipment back then. So it was – we, we made our own sandbags. So We got a whole bunch of, like, Hessian bags. Oh, my God. It was were, so much stuff. They were fun. So we had heaps of them <laughs> and they were all different weights. Uh, yeah. Then we had – what else did we had? We had all the logs. We had and
1: all the tires, all had, the different size tires. Yeah, we had
0: tires. We had, had um, nets. We had stakes with yeah. wires for people to crawl under. Yeah, we just go down um, Mason's Mason's Lane Reserve and back Smarsh.
1: and set and up this big obstacle yeah. course. Yeah, so we'd head
0: down 15 minutes early, set it up, and people would just come and do the obstacle course.
1: Yeah, we'd go down there. And we're like, great, there's a puddle, and make people crawl in the mud and stuff. It's gonna be awesome, and. I was still working at the leisure centre, so I still had classes afterwards. So I'm like learnt real quick how to back a trailer into my mm. back backyard, into the side gate, put it away, and then zoom back off to the class. And yeah. it was crazy, full on. It was busy. So I had to convince Craig to do the um, tough matter, and then we kind of did the boot camp stuff together. We were like, yeah, yeah, this will be good. This will be awesome. And then Craig um, said, we could do this like permanently and open a gym. And I'm like,
0: and you, sh- you, you weed yourself. Or <laughs>
1: I'm like, uh, you're 22 years old and um, I have four kids and a mortgage and I'm getting paid a full time wage right now. So I don't know about this. Okay then. <laughs> oh, really? No, it took it a, was, yeah, it was it was a lot. It was like longer than that. it took a lot of convincing to, for that to happen. Like, yeah, well, it took a bit. I, it took a little bit, and at the time, Craig's like, "It'll be fine. We'll be fine. Why don't I don't know what you're worried about." Like
0: it was a no-brainer. Yeah, it was like a fucking absolute no-brainer.
1: I'm pretty sure that. Uh, 29-year-old Craig looks back at 22-year-old Craig and has a bit of a laugh about that.
0: Oh, I look back at fucking every year and <laughs> go, you're a dickhead.
1: <laughs> He's like, I don't know how he managed to end up convincing me. I think it was more like it was, I was scared enough to be excited to make it work. I think. Yeah. In the end, I'm like, okay.
0: It's funny looking back though. Like, it was definitely like a great idea to do, but fuck, we were stupid back then. Like, <laughs> we had no idea how to run a business we knew nothing about business really
1: we just had um, a, you know
0: a we just had a following we had a we had, we had a decent following yeah. that we knew we knew we would get enough people but we didn't have any idea on we did the numbers no we, we did yeah, the
1: numbers we... and you said to me um, this is how many members we will have this
0: is yeah this is this how much is, we're going to charge and this is how much rent is going to be and
1: this is this is how much rent is and this is how our outgoings would be And then it was virtually like rent. And it made sense. Rates.
0: We we could pay everything off and have a little bit extra.
1: And we had enough. It was just work. You need to work hard to get your clientele up. So I I think we were like, "All right, you need to give me a month to start doing PTs outside of um, my current workplace or, you know, start actually getting some clientele.
0: Um, But it was all done because at the time you were working at, The leisure center as the coordinator, and you were also at Mountain Waves running classes. Yeah, but it was all done like, yes, you left there, but it was all done ethically. Like, yeah, it was all done. You left there, you were, oh, yeah, you you stayed at Mountain Waves for a while. Yeah, um, but you, you, you came across, and it wasn't. Like everyone come train here yeah, so, It was like people just followed.
1: Yeah, it was, and our main clientele was group fitness clientele, not not PT kind of no. stuff. So I had clients at the leisure center that um, I was given, you know, to by the leisure leisure center. Yeah, I didn't tell any of them that that this was happening. Just that week that this would be their last session. Um, then I had other clients that were outside of that it was like virtually from group fitness classes that people sourced me out so they really like this yeah. session yep. I really want to do something else with you um, that kind of stuff so and that took it took ages to build up that clientele I was still working at Waves was working here six days a week our timetable was a lot for what we for the time that we had it was definitely a
0: bit it was like and probably a lot back then too because back then other than Caitlin knew all the kids at school. No, so Caitlin
1: was still was yeah, Caitlin still at school. Just I think just or maybe just finishing because she moved she moved overseas. Yeah, right. When we were t-
0: when we were doing this, so you, yeah, she must have just finished or just been in year. But yeah, she was like whereas the other ones you were rushing around here, there, yeah, and everywhere. I still
1: had primary school and high school kids, and so
0: you had to you'd have to run off.
1: Yeah, I do remember. You'd, you'd uh, come in in
0: the morning, run a few sessions, then run off, drop the kids off at school, come yeah. back. Then
1: run all sessions, then go and get them all from school, drop them off to all their activities, come back.
0: Yeah.
1: And then it was, it was hectic. Yeah. It was hectic. I do remember waking one of the kids up to get them to go get ready for school. And I laid down next to them and said, come on, you got to get up. And they ended up waking me up to go and take them to school. you got to go to work. I'm ready now, (laughs) mom. And I'm like, okay, okay, let's go. So... Um, yeah, it was a very, very... kind of very... scary
0: looking back at it and going, like, we used to we used to do some stupid hours. We yeah. And... To, back in those days, it was like, if someone wanted to train and it was outside of, like, V A M AM or, like, PM, like, prime time hours, be like, yeah, no worries, we'll make it work. Yep. So we'd, yep. we'd constantly be back and forth, little gaps in between. and I reckon like, I was here some nights
1: <laughs> till 9.30 at night. 9. Oh, definitely.
0: We were definitely here until, like, I'm pretty sure we used to finish most nights at, like, 9.00. And then we'd be back here the next morning at quarter to six. Pretty much both of us, most of the time, because yeah, we'd have the Muay Thai, we'd have the because we had AM Muay Thai back then, and we had CrossFit or strength and conditioning it was back then. Yeah, it was hectic, it was stupid, but yeah, we kind of learned. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, well, It was only so long that you can,
1: yeah. And then we added so much extra things to that, like we had a running club, we added on to it, and then we had. Um, people who were doing events, and we would go to those, and we had good old
0: tummy, hips, and thighs. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah, we had. Um, we had a lot. So then we would do group stuff. So as a gym, we would do. Um,
0: yeah, we'd do for tough mudders. Tough. We'd do the Spartan races. We'd do the whatever
1: whatever people wanted. Basically, the, if the they cancer wanted to train
0: one, for. the for breast cancer. We walk, do
1: yeah, we do the fun relay. For runs, life, that's it, yeah. And then we do relay for life and Mother's Day classic and But it was
0: like there's something every single weekend. It wasn't like it wasn't like we were just running a gym six days a week. It was we were doing six days a week and then there was always something And, and I was training to a marathon inter- at the club start. Yeah. Yeah. Inter-
1: club yeah, interclubs, inter-clubs cross clubs, competitions. We'd stay in Hamilton for the weekend and do their Full weekend. Well we
0: opened up the gym and like three weeks later we went and did the uh one in whoop whoop the Aubrey.
1: Aubrey?
0: Was it Aubrey? It might have been Aubrey. Yeah. The state of origin CrossFit yeah, Throwdown. Yeah
1: that was like our first CrossFit. It was comp. our first
0: CrossFit comp and it was like all the big names in CrossFit were there.
1: Yeah it was funny because it was And we had no idea. Yeah we had no idea and we're like they're like what gym are you from again? Was like, that
0: Amanda, Amanda Allen the yeah. Name? yeah she was she was there. She was talking to my mum Mum was like, oh, have you, have you done CrossFit for, for a little bit? She's like, oh, yeah, you, you could say that. <laughs> uh, who else? There was, there was like, uh, Tinners was there. Um, you know, your likes of... I don't know, was Tommy Lingle there? I don't know if he was there. There was There was everyone.
1: I just remember the big guys jumping on the Matrix and they were doing muscle-ups stuff and the whole Matrix started swaying. So people, was hold, people,
0: people had to, like, hold on <laughs> to the Matrix because it, wasn't, it was all outdoors. So it was all outdoors. For the entire weekend it was like thirty five degrees it was every single so day. Bad. And there was no cloud cover, there was no shade whatsoever. So by the end of the weekend everyone was covered in rock tape and red raw. <laughs> it okay. was like
1: my hands were had bled and that was awful. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun at the same time. Well that was our
0: introduction to CrossFit competition. Like we we'd been to probably doing crossfit training, I reckon, for like maybe a year and a half. Yeah, you reckon? I reckon maybe a year, year and a half we'd been like dabbling with CrossFit style training. And like, our CrossFit style training was like, we'd just rock up at the gym and go, what do you want to do today?
1: Yeah, I remember when um, you made me do Karen and we were at the gym and they had a brick wall outside because we needed a target and Mm. we're just like, that'll do. And we were doing it with medicine balls balls. that were massive and hard. So like getting smacked in the face with a med ball, a medicine ball. And then...
0: What else um, did we do? We did, we did Kelly. We and did... And that ke- one was, we had, like, school, school tables. Yeah, we didn't apply box. We had school tables. Yeah.
1: So instead of jumping up on the seating at the basketball court, which was just like that bench seating, like, you know, where, where the kids would sit for half time, mm-hmm. um, we're like, oh, that's too small. It's supposed to be this many inches. So we started jumping on, a, on the tables. Yeah. And then we finished the, the session and we had a look at the floor and we <laughs> scratched up the basketball court with the table legs because it was like (laughs) because we were jumping on them and they were like way higher than way
0: higher they were like they were probably over 30 inch yeah easy
1: easy easy easy
0: but yeah that's something fucking dumb shit we used to do (laughs) that was like yeah we just used to we we do like long we'd just runs like, a week. Yeah, we do some hill sprints, and we'd then do... we would
1: look at the um, body weight ones. We do heaps of road. Ro- yeah, we did road a lot of that. Yep. What are they called? Road wads. Where they? Yeah,
0: like the home wads, travel wads, all those sort of yeah, things. So yeah, you
1: didn't need any equipment. It was just like, um, what are ten rounds of ten push-ups, ten sit-ups, ten, ten squats. squats? Yeah, that's. And we just stuff. like race each other, and yeah. it was like virtually. I think that particular session we were outside of the gym doors in this really small area and people just walking past, just looking at us like we were mental. Well, that was the thing (laughs) I think
0: because no one one did CrossFit back then. No Mm -hmm. one really did, like, any sort of, like, high-intensity interval training. It was, like, us. The only people who I ever really saw doing it was, like, us – Benny Jenkins and, and Trent Saunders, yeah. they, we were like the only ones, and everyone would just like look at you and stare and be like, what is wrong with them? Like, <laughs> why are they doing this? Everyone else in the gym would be like running on the treadmill for two hours or, you know, just yeah. just doing the... the uh, what I do want to watch the news. The, the adductor machine. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> assisted chins. Assisted chins. Look how
1: many chins we can get with the assisted machine. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah.
0: It's crazy. That's where we came from. and Now we're here, like...
1: Yeah, so basically, um, my background was virtually st- uh, group fitness. I started at group fitness. I started um, taking classes before I was even cert three qualified. Yeah, I'd done some additional courses because I was taking bo- boxing for fitness classes. Yep, and I had a heap of people ask me different questions about how to fix this or how to. Um, lose body fat off particular areas of their body and... now the old spot reduction. Mm. Yeah. And it actually was a guy and he wanted to get... He goes, I just want to talk to you for a minute minute after the the class. And he... (laughs) No. I'm like, yeah, sure, no worries. And he's like, I want to talk to you about man boobs.
0: (laughs) the the moobs.
1: And I'm like, okay. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. like, how do I get rid of them? And I'm like... (laughs) I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> I was not expecting to have a conversation yeah, with I anyone know, about that's man boobs. we started uh,
0: prescribing actual <laughs> blockers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we did have a conversation about alcohol intake and uh, food and stuff after that. But it was hilarious because I hadn't done Cert 3 and 4 in fitness yet. And that was my first actual real question yeah. about yeah, fitness. Yeah, right. <laughs> man boobs. <laughs> I get all the good ones. <laughs> you do. You've had, you've had
0: a few weirdos in your time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we all have, I'm pretty sure. I oh,
0: definitely have. Definitely. Yeah.
1: So we got we got virtually um, ha- had our own sets of clients and we we had our following in our group fitness because we both did for group fitness at the time.
0: Yeah, we had a fair bit. We had a fair bit going on. I, I think it.
1: I was teaching roughly about... Fifteen classes a week.
0: Yeah, you were you were doing a bunch Easy. of classes. I was every single night. Like had like four hours back to back of clients and groups at home. Yeah, at, at mum and dad's garage. Yeah. yeah, and then we had um,
1: like our group. We already had them doing the boot camps, so that was our virtually our first set of Weird, yeah. our first clientele's really that got that our membership base was their boot camp base yeah well i reckon
0: i reckon in the first what was like the first week or something we'd already sold like 30 something memberships yeah. and it was so, it was a good start to cover all overheads and we're pretty i don't know we, we're
1: pretty excited like we were pretty excited craig had a bit of savings and i kind of didn't and he had to buy the flooring and then i had to pay him back and
0: yeah, we, we just we've, made it work.
1: Yeah, we didn't. We've never got a business loan or anything like that. So everything that you see that's in our gym is our hard work. So, was,
0: yeah, the first, I reckon the first year, especially was like blood, sweat, and cheese. Five, I reckon I was getting like five, six hours sleep a night. Oh, Because we were eating yeah. we getting up early, running session. What well, no, we'd get up. Back then we were still running, so we'd get up, go for a run before CrossFit class yeah before the before so the 6am class we, we were getting we were getting at the gym at like our training just, just before 5 o'clock am then we were going for our run so we'd do like a 10k run then we'd yeah run CrossFit class or Muay Thai whatever it was running at 6am most of the time I think we'd we'd both have like either a class or one would have a class and one would have PT and then yeah we were just here Plus, till stupid o'clock at night and then at like 9 o'clock once we closed it was like okay now I've got to do admin stuff yeah, post
1: on Facebook. Yeah.
0: I remember the amount of times back then that like we just had no time for admin, like getting back to emails and phone calls and all that sort of stuff. well, like
1: oh, we didn't have any time to put into just...
0: There was just no time for anything. the advertising and the amount of the of sales, The amount of sales were like just went into the abyss back then who would have been potential members like it's just stupid.
1: <laughs> yeah but yeah so that's that was a good learning curve though you can't do everything
0: and well we just tried to we tried to do everything we didn't delegate anything so it was just for two of us we were we had many hats we were the cleaner the garbage you were the garbage put her out, or out. <laughs> um, we were like the the tried to do the admin the classes the social media which was like newish i guess back then like everyone everyone was kind of just getting into social media yeah. like everything
1: yeah and we someone donated us a fridge someone donated us a microwave um we just uh we got a somebody gave us the filing cabinets and no no we
0: bought them we bought them we bought that one yep, we bought that one um that yeah. one didn't I don't know if Nick brought that one in I
1: heard
0: that one I don't know I, I don't know think. but there was
1: yeah we, we yeah we just made it work so it was
0: red couches and stuff donated and yep because We had a little waiting area, yeah.
1: We started off with not even a full.
0: Oh, we didn't have a, like we had
1: two barbells,
0: I think we had two barbells, a couple of squat racks. Like we had bugger all, but then we grew really quickly. So we grew what was it? We, we so we had a two year lease, but it was about a year, it was about a year or 18 months, probably between that somewhere. Yeah, we outgrew our first shed, which is a pretty big shed, like it's not a small shed. Most gyms, that's like they're capacity like that's how, as big as a lot of gyms go mm. but because we had split in half muay thai and jiu-jitsu and then crossfit we just like outgrew it and we had big classes
1: i tell you what i remember that was pretty funny about that whole opening opening mm. we opened we were talking about it and then craig was like nah opening straight away in january and i'm like but you're going to America <laughs> in yeah, March, March
0: March, spring break don't you want to wait until
1: after you come back from America and you're like oh, we'll be right
0: nah because <laughs> it was like we were like that was the perfect shed yeah and we're like that will get snapped up and there's nothing else
1: yeah we'll be right we'll be fine and then I'm like but I've got a cruise after you come back yeah, so we should, had should right. you had three weeks
0: or, I think I, yeah, like um, two, oh my god yeah it was like two and a half weeks it wasn't a big one that long
1: I think and then I had that away and like I think after, like I needed the holiday after you yeah, came back and then when I came back you needed another holiday because it was just crazy being holidays. Holidays
0: for the first few years were not fun because you'd go on holiday, it would take you about a week to start relaxing and then you'd relax for a week and then you'd come back. And you just get smashed.
1: Yeah, just get absolutely smashed.
0: Because we would always we always did it so that, like, we'd have holidays at the same time. It'd be like, I'd have a holiday and then you'd have a holiday. Yeah. Like, we pretty much worked that. We didn't even try to. That just happened for, like, and the first yeah. three years.
1: And we tried to make sure that we had a week or so in between so we could catch up or catch each other up onto speed. Yeah. And um, it was mental because we would take on each other's clients as well. So we would, if... Whoever I wanted to keep training, yeah. Craig would I would take on his whoever whoever his clients wanted to do and I just fit. And we were full before
0: anyway. We were full when It was like (laughs) when it was two of us we were full and then we tried to condense two people's workload into one and it was so stupid. Like, oh I know. It
1: was so stupid. But it we made it work and it worked and I think I think that um it made us well, we learned a bunch of stuff, didn't we, learned, we? We learned
0: heaps. Like, we definitely learned heaps. What what, what works, what doesn't work. And, yeah, from, like, I think from both coaching standpoint and business owner standpoint, like, we made a lot of mistakes, which everyone does uh, when they start a business. And, yeah, we gained, we gained a lot of experience and learned a lot from those mistakes. And, yeah, like we didn't – like I said earlier, we didn't know – much about business like we hadn't done business courses we hadn't read business books we podcasts weren't really a thing back then either like so it was very much learning on the fly and then yeah and yeah. I guess because because of certain failures and stuff and we'd learn from those failures it was like okay well how do we how do we progress we
1: were lucky that we had um like I said at the start that you were 20 something hmm. and I was like late, later 30s because I had different experience mm. to you, and I had access to kids, and we were running kids' sessions, yep. um, and, you know, know what time school finishes, and I knew what, to- you know, what parents are looking for, because I was that demographic at that yeah, time, yeah. and um, budgeting was my thing, and... Um, So I kind of took over that financial part, like, we don't have that money yet, we want to have this buffer, you know, let's, so that we had that, and then you were, like, 20-something that just was like, yeah, let's do this with all the enthusiasm in the world.
0: Yeah. Um, Double two dicks. (laughs) 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 Just running around nuts trying to make things work. I was literally just like...
1: I'll be like... Yeah, but hang on, hang on a minute. (laughs) But I was, yeah, I was
0: full of, full of optimism, full of ideas, and I would always have a a different idea running through my head, like, we're trying this, we're doing this. And terms of like, hang on, I don't know about that. I'm like, now we're doing it. I don't care, we're doing it. And then (laughs)
1: sometimes I'll be like, this has got to happen, this has got to happen, this has got to happen. And then you're like, okay, all right, then, cool. But that's, I think that's what, what worked for us. Um, What
0: does Jack want?
1: Jack's, just... He's got to do the pay.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, but Fun I works. think that worked.
1: I think that was like it, we people thought we were crazy at the start because of that age difference. But I think that really helped us because we had the two demographics really? and we really? had do, two very different life experiences. Yep. And from from my point of view, from my point of view, I had taken my family out of a very secure position mm. because I had full time work and I was super all that kind of stuff and Michael yep. had his own business to a place of we have two businesses now yeah and we need to make this work yep. from my um family's we'll security sink, sink or swim yeah and you um being 20, what, 20 like 22 yeah 22. and you were like I fucking want this I yeah. don't want it to work I was and you just were hungry. very very driven. Like, yeah. to get to get it done so probably we, for
0: most 22 year olds like I think a lot of people like a lot of my friends were like you're fucking mad you're crazy because they were all doing what 22 year olds do which was getting pissed every weekend and all that sort of uni. stuff and yeah no most of them weren't even at uni most of them were just like doing trades but like they were you know they are apprentices and apprentices tend not to be that serious about life they're like oh we've got four years of apprenticeship and yeah. they were just having having fun and working and going out every Friday Saturday Sunday and um there I am just like grinding, working really hard. And during the week, they'd be like, oh, come down the pub and have a few beers. I'm like, no, I've got glasses, man. And yeah, they were just like, you're, you're crazy. And yeah, I think, I don't know, my maturity probably compared to a lot of other 22-year-olds was a bit different.
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely. I was
0: just super, super, super driven. And like, i have just come basically out of like years and years and years of competing because I competed all through my teens. And I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm not... I didn't want to compete at that stage in, like, a sport. I just wanted to, like, compete in business and life. And I was, like, so career-driven that whatever got in my way, I was like, nah, this is my number one priority and get out of the way.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, I don't know how we didn't have uh, adrenal fatigue because... Probably did. At that time... The pair of us were still pretty focused about our training. We didn't have like, it wasn't like I'm gonna compete at weightlifting like now. No,
0: but we just trained, like we just trained hard. But so we, we still trained training.
1: really hard. I still, had, we, I did the marathon when we'd when we'd open. I did a 100k bike ride. I wanted to do a try at triathlon. I wanted to compete more in CrossFit. Like we would just, but, but we would, but funny,
0: The funny thing was that like if we if we actually like looked back and we probably didn't. We didn't track our training anywhere near like what we used to, like sorry, what we do now. Yeah. We didn't used to, but like we we would have had stages where we just weren't getting stronger. Like no, way. We, we, we were not improving at all. We were just training. we were just like smashing ourselves, and
1: no way. We
0: were yeah for, for years. Like you you'd do a whole block of squats or whatever with a big focus on improving your squat and you get to the end of a test and you'd be like, oh, I went up like 2.5 kilos. And <laughs> yeah. You'd be absolutely devastated. And that, that was like for such a long period of time because we didn't understand.
1: Adrenal tra- fatigue.
0: Well, we just didn't. Yeah, we didn't understand recovery. We didn't understand overtraining. And uh, yeah. like we, we were doing, like compared to a lot of other people out there, we were doing a lot less in terms of like training volume. Yes. Because everyone else out there was doing like hit training every single day. And we were probably smart enough not to go that crazy, but we were dumb enough too to not know really what to, yeah, how to balance training and work 100%. and life and all that sort of stuff.
1: And that, that's that whole wanting it all kind of thing. We want it all. We want it all. We want it all. Yeah, we're hungry for success to keep this, get this business to be successful. Um, hungry to prove ourselves as trainers and be fit. Yeah. So we didn't just walk, we wanted to walk the walk, like, I'm not going to just tell you to go do this, and I've never done it before. So we we, we dabbled in loads of training, like, all different training. Yeah, we did everything.
0: We'd, we'd, you know, run from from various different running programs to you at a first stint where you were doing more of, like, triathlon-based training where you are riding, running, swimming uh, to CrossFit to boot camp style stuff yeah, conventional, to
1: conventional just
0: hypertrophy yeah. to yeah Sport everything
1: training and then plyo, plyometric training and because i wanted to get better at Olive for crossfit and gymnastics and
0: yeah we did everything and we
1: did courses on courses on courses like our goal was every year to get educated a little bit more and we're doing just doing it, like I want to do a kettlebell course. I want to do the gymnastic crossfit course. I want to like yeah. just. I want to do the weightlifting certificates. I want to like. I just was hungry, always hungry for that next. Yeah. Next bit of education, keep. Keep things rolling.
0: Yeah, it was a crazy time, and here we are now. <laughs> I know.
1: Here we are now with a shutdown period and um, all of our equipment that we. You know, took the last nine years to gather um, out on loan and doing sessions via. The it's, it's funny internet. though. We we
0: wouldn't have like thinking about what we're doing now, running our Zoom sessions, and they would have been very, very, very different. Like if we tried to do that nine years ago. Oh. Like if, if let's let's say technology and all that sort of stuff aside, everyone had access to Zoom classes and whatnot. They would have looked completely different. Whereas our classes. Now our classes back then was kind of like we would do not like most of the work with the people, especially like group, like group yeah. fitness. You were running around and running people around the block. Oh, and we're joining doing, in. And, yeah, and 100% warm warmups, kind
1: of, 1K run, and then we would get our 1K run in.
0: Yeah,
1: um, to, we might not have got to run that day, so we we're like, all right, we're gonna make it, make the make them do. But you it. might do
0: that, like if. You, <laughs> nearly every client back then like everyone would like pretty much any pt trainer would be like all right like we're going to do a run to start with and you'd always run with your client yeah and if boxing. you had if, if you had eight clients yeah. a day you'd be running eight times <laughs> you're holding pads like yeah you'd you just get pads. smashed from it and that's just what you did you thought that was like part yeah. of being a pt is you had to do everything with everyone and you're just constantly training mm-hmm. like you're, you're you're knackered all the time and whereas now it's like well, our goal isn't to train with our client. Like our goal is to give them a good experience, but also, but to to educate them and to prescribe them really, really, really yeah. good training and to coach, not to cheerlead, to coach. Yeah, and exactly. I think that's the difference. And I think that's where the fitness industry is really, really funny. And there's a bit of a split, I guess, for most PTs. If you've got you've got cheerleaders and you've got coaches, and unfortunately, like we've 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 been there, we've done both. Um, but a lot of trainers get stuck in the cheerleader where all they do is cheer their client on and there's not yeah there's I'm, not much care I'm your
1: everything like yeah. and it's actually that they just solely need you in their life to survive yeah. and i know if i didn't have you then i would eat this thing and if i didn't have you i wouldn't yeah. and they would just suck the energy and it's kind of like, right out of you
0: it's parenting like it, yeah. like your coach becomes your parent and people look at their coach like their parent when they when they do something wrong they'll come into training and like be looking down at the ground and you're like how, <laughs> how, how was how was your nutrition this week and they'll just like look at the ground and be like oh like, like <clears throat> a naughty kid and they're like waiting for you to tell them off yeah and if you tell them off you feed that parenting yeah opposed to going well no you're an adult what do you think about it? Do you think you made the right decision or not? Yeah, like it's not on me.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really funny too because being a parent, I was never one of those parents. Like, yeah, you know what you did. Tell me what you did, yeah. and you're accountable for what, how you how you behave. Yeah. So to kind of coach in that way at first was. Pretty and un, 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 unnatural, and it was took took a little little sorting out really to go. I'm not that kind of I'm not that kind of personal trainer. Mm. So this is you're not going to get that from me. However, I did have a very big client base who used to tell me that they used to come and see me because I had high energy. Yeah, and yep. they love that high energy. Yeah. Um, it just had it took me a while to work out how to stop the. What do we call a call them? the vampire the vampire sucking energy drainers out of the equation because there's plenty of those
0: yeah and that's that was like the whole for the the people who want you to parent them yeah just sucks so much energy out of you and it's going okay well either we kind of learn as coaches to coach them in a way that it doesn't allow that or you just sometimes got to let them go yeah and as unfortunate as. There's not bears, a lot of coffee
1: in the world for that. Oh hell no! I used, used to drink
0: a lot of coffee back then too, and that's chewy. Remember chewy?
1: Yeah, that whole stress it's thing. Madness. But it's
0: yeah, it's definitely.
1: Well, our funny. yeah yeah our trainings changed. and We have more of a a hold on our own stuff, and we well, don't have so many things.
0: How we prescribe training? Too. Yeah, flying
1: like, around anymore.
0: We used to like the way we used to prescribe training is probably how ninety percent of the fitness industry still do is like throw a whole bunch of shit at a wall and hope it sticks. Like the you know, you'd put a thought into it but there wasn't really that much thought into it. Big Whereas, muscles, small muscles. Yeah. And it was just like this will be fun. Like yeah. would would this be a fun workout? Which like should always be a thought process but it was like so focused on like making the workout fun or making it hard. Like yeah. trying to smash people. Yeah. Opposed to like much more educated version going like now we're actually trying to make people better and get people adaptations and getting them move better but that's one of the funny things we probably experienced i reckon over the last like maybe five years is when people come to us from other trainers who do smash their clients and do just focus on trying to smash them as much as possible Is people come to us and they'll go through their like fundamental sessions or like their first few crossfit sessions or even muay thai or whatever and they're like Oh, I feel like I could keep doing more. And we're like, well, you're supposed to. Like, <laughs> you're
1: not supposed we, to be dying a lot long. You're
0: not supposed to be feeling like that. And yeah, like in the first few years, we were those trainers. We used to do that and we yeah. we learned. And um, I think that's like a, a, a trait that every trainer should have is like, I think every trainer probably looks back and whether or not they admit it, should be able to look back and go, fuck, we used to do some fucking dumb shit. Oh,
1: that, that, that class that I was talking about at the start. Was we need to make them feel like they died in that session. It was as, yeah, hard, as po- hard as possible. And at that time, like making it as hard as possible wasn't hard because no one was really doing CrossFit. Yeah. And you were just like, you're going to do 50 squats. And they'd be like, oh my God, 50? Mm. You're nuts. <laughs> yep. But that was virtually our, our. Mindset, because that's what we were told actually for that class. They've got two trainers.
0: Make it hard, make it really hard.
1: It's called a master blaster because they want to get the hardest workout of their week yeah. at that session.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so we just made it. We just made it as hard as we could. And I don't know. Did people get people enjoyed it? Did they get, oh, definitely. Did, did they get better? I don't know. Who knows? We'll never know. No, nah. maybe probably not. Nah. Um, because it was purely just let's smash them. And yeah, like. I guess in our own training, and like we we're saying, with training and how we've changed our methodologies, we've learned some stuff and got smarter and learned from different mentors and different coaches yeah. and different resources and kind of, yeah, really come a long way. Like it's pretty much a complete 360 really in our training now.
1: 100%. 100%. Even when I first started to learn how to do Olympic lifting, um, it was. Virtually at the very, very start, two PT sessions a week with someone who'd done their level one or two or... Yeah,
0: one at, one at the stage, I think.
1: Um, and it was on top of all my CrossFit stuff. Yeah. It was like an extra session that day, not a priority session. No. And then moving to another coach that believed in the old methodology of um, weightlifting, which was high percentages, high load
0: was high, high volume wraps. high intensity high it was everything high.
1: it was it was un- unsustainable to now moving to uh, another trainer that uh, another uh, coach that's has similar similar methodologies to us now like your body you want longevity in your training you want to be i want to still be able to compete in weightlifting. Yeah, you know, I'm, I don't actually have a time frame of I'm not going to be doing that anymore. Like, we well, just I, want
0: to be able to keep doing it as long as yeah. you want to keep doing it. As yeah, long as you're exactly. Able
1: to. Um, so it's not like I need to get to this level so I can stop. Or it's mm-hmm. I enjoy it and I want to keep doing it and I want to keep yeah um, competing and all that kind of stuff. So it needs you. You need to. It needs to be sustainable.
0: Yeah, it's really funny because. Like, one of the things people... I don't know if we spoke about this, like, in a stress podcast at all, but, like, people don't take into account lots of factors outside of training. Like, everyone looks at whatever sport it is. Let's say CrossFit, for example. People look at the top CrossFitters and go... They're um, do double I, sessions. They're doing double sessions. So that means I need to do double sessions to get there. They look at some of, like, the world's best weightlifters and will, like, try and download and copy templates that they've done. But they don't realise that most of these people are a full, paid are paid full time athletes mm-hmm. they're paid to train and recover and do nothing else like the rest of us all have jobs or families or both or other life stresses and financial stresses and all this other stuff that like really get them away if you training and when you start training like these crossfitters and weightlifters and even Muay Thai you end up getting injuries and the amount of people, like I couldn't tell you the amount of people from from a Muay Thai perspective, because we talk a lot about training and CrossFit and stuff, but Muay Thai follows the exact same principles. Um, they will go and train at a gym, and it tends to be gyms that um, have a very, very, very Thai influence, because in Thailand, you generally train twice a day, and each session is generally for a minimum of two hours, and on top of that, you've got to do your 10K run every day, like day, 10K every day, generally, and... Like they'll, they'll tell me I want to I go train at a, a uh, fight gym and I'm always all for it I'm like if you want to go train with some like high level fighters and stuff, go for it, I will not get in the way, but most of the time I'm like, you work full time you got a family may or may not have kids there's, all, there's usually, usually a bunch of different factors there and I always let them know and make them aware of it I go like, the difference is most fighters who can do this most of them are over, they're all over training anyway but most of them who can do this aren't working they nah. don't have families if you go to thailand you will not see really any fighters who have families they live at the gym if they do have a family their family live elsewhere and they send them money but they live at the gym and all they do is get up train in the morning go have food go sleep get up train in the afternoon have food have sleep like it's yeah. like repeat 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 that's yeah. all they do
1: it's, it's their job to make sure that they are recovering
0: yeah yeah and not
1: not to um, you know yep. go train a bunch of other people funny or story ones, though
0: but, um, yeah. even for like for anyone in the Muay Thai world who finds that interesting when I went to Bangkok what year, last year last year when I went to Bangkok last year and trained I went to Pechindi Academy which is like arguably one of the best Muay Thai gyms in Thailand and they actually have quite a sports science influence there they have a coach from Bangkok University, I believe it is, doing a sport, who, who's doing his PhD in like sports science and Muay Thai. And yeah, he they, they're all wearing heart rate monitors throughout their training. Oh, wow, they, that's good. They run every, they run in the morning, um, but they're given different different distances and stuff and different training programs. They only train once a day. Oh. Every other, nearly every other gym in Thailand will train twice a day.
1: So that's where you'd recommend people
0: to go? Well, it's, it's, it's just in terms of like, you're looking at a gym that's in like Bangkok which is you know it's Bangkok's a big city most of Thailand's very very um rural and they're just using what they've got they don't they don't know most of them probably can't even read um whereas this gym in Bangkok has money it's an expensive gym to train at but they have money they have education and knowledge there and the way they're training because they have education and knowledge is very different to the typical traditional training. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like that, that relates to basically any sport we're talking about, but going back to people thinking that they can do whatever the elite level, the best in the world are doing. Like you, you've just got to take into account lots of factors.
1: My goal is to get stronger, but I'm gonna run ten k three times a week. Yeah, but also, like,
0: what's what's the other one? Like, a lot of people come and have the goal, and it's like, I want to get, I want to, I get, want to get stronger. I want to build muscle, but I also want to lose weight. But at the same time, I want to get faster, and I want to be able to jump higher. And
1: <laughs> like,
0: you can't do everything. No, pick your goals. Yeah, generally, pick one thing. Like, if if you want to lose weight, you might be able to get stronger, but you're probably just going to be on like a mostly like a maintenance. If you get stronger, it's more of a bonus. Like it can be done, definitely can be done. But like if you're if you're a fairly advanced athlete who's been training for a few years doing like powerlifting or weightlifting or anything, like if you're doing a big cut, you like probably wouldn't expect to get a heap stronger.
1: Mm-mm. No.
0: Because you're not recovering. You're in deficit all the time. Yeah. And
1: you're cutting, and, and you're not yeah interesting it's interesting Um, the different training styles that we we've been doing or we've done over the years to how we train now and yeah
0: I guess it's like a mixture for both of us has been knowledge and experience like it hasn't just been like we're not we're not trainers who've just gone through all of it, like experience, 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 and like, oh, this is the way we train people because it's just worked with our clients and it's all anecdotal. But also we're not like the trainers who've like just read all the research and all the books and like we have we know the knowledge, but we've never tried it on ourselves mm-hmm. or other people. So it's like, yeah. it's a mixture of both. And we've
1: gone to see different coaches and mm. um, we've trained with different people. So like we don't perceived to know everything and we still don't nah, Still don't know everything, know everything. Never so will. Um, we, we go and train with other people and
0: just pick minds of many other, many other people that's yeah, made us better coaches in
1: different, in different ways
0: yeah and then you know we get to push that onto our clients and that's probably like one of the driving things for me is definitely for both of us but I think like I definitely myself know that for me, like one of my goals is to be able to give people the the best knowledge possible and the best training possible. Not that there is like an optimal training, but you know, if we can make sure we're giving them mostly the right things and setting them up to get the most out of their training, happy days compared to like like I said, when we look back and I look back and go, Oh geez, like what did I do with that person years ago? I wish I, I wish they were still around now and doing the training they're doing now. They'd be like, wow this is crazy shout out to anyone who is out there listening to this who used to train with either of us like five, six, seven years ago come back and train with us now and you'll be like whoa (laughs) you're like what happened
1: (laughs) (laughs) and they still say you guys are funny you
0: guys are fun yeah we still like that's that's, that's a huge thing too Like, like we always try and make like training should be fun like we can argue optimal training and be like oh you have to have do this many sets per week, you have to have this much rest, like this much total volume and tonnage and all that sort of stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, like the number one factor is having fun. And if people are having fun training, um, they're going to stick around and train for longer. And if they train for longer, they're probably going to get better results. So just make training enjoyable. Any coaches out there, try and make training enjoyable. That's that's a, a good way to go.
1: Definitely, definitely. It Ooh. would be It would be interesting though to... Um,
0: I've got some books still lying around that I'd love to like go look through of like old training stuff and yeah
1: yeah there's there's, there's plenty around here actually yep. clients um, old client
0: diaries and yeah, we training have, logs
1: we used to keep um, like some exercise book per person and their session would be written down mm-hmm. um, for that whatever day and then we'd have notes on that session and how they went and then we'd write the next session yeah or we'd have that block
0: yeah, yeah, you might have a whole block written. And out then of you'd
1: have their their measurements in there, and yeah, all that kind of stuff.
0: Now it's on the on the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> it's technology. It, no one has their own exercise book anymore. Yeah, <laughs> now it's uh, now it's on Google Docs. <laughs>
1: I know how good we've gotten technology. We're doing podcasts now.
0: I know who would have who would have thunk that.
1: <laughs> Definitely not me. Definitely not me.
0: So. I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about that? But like we're like well, nearly 50 minutes.
1: Wow. Well, I think that the, we have been um, running, you know, this business pretty successfully. Uh, things we've learned along the way and we can do better and we're not. That's the same as our coaching style and our all the rest is that we don't perceive to know everything. We keep striving. We're still hungry to make things work. Um, I think that is one of the traits that helped us get through this COVID Mm. Um, we we still we weren't
0: we still wanted this to happen. Well, I guess so. I guess like our thing behind like the Invictus name is from a poem, and like the thing from a poem is like I am the master of my fate, I'm the captain of my soul, and like. I think oh, hold on, one second, guys. So the whole thing behind the Invictus poem was I'm a master of my fate, I'm the captain of my soul, and for us that was all about we're always in control of our actions and our thoughts and all that sort of stuff. And so are our clients. And so, yeah, like with this whole COVID yeah. thing, it's like, well, we, although we can't run classes, we're still in control. Like yeah. we, we, we're not
1: hundred percent, a hundred percent. We both are that's uh sink or swim. And we, we definitely are always going to try and swim,
0: but we always will.
1: So, and it, it is, you're in control. It's, um, Change is not something to worry about and we'll keep keep plugging on with change and that's why we, you know, go to other coaches and get on the education and yeah. all, the, all the rest of that kind of stuff.
0: I think the thing for, for anyone listening, whether you're a coach or not, is like never never think you know it all. Always seek out new information and just have fun really. Like always, but definitely always seek out new information. Always trying to keep learn, keep learning and don't think you know it all. And don't have too much ego to admit that you don't know it all um, because you can't know it all. And yeah, I think that's one thing that's definitely helped us is knowing that there's a, a finite amount of knowledge that each person can have and we're always going to try and learn as much as we can for our clients and not stop because a lot of people in the industry get to a point in time where they're like, I've been doing this for X amount of years, I know it all, I don't need to learn anything else and it's like, I reckon it's, when, when it's, I, when it's I, when, stupid yeah, I'll be in the industry for however many years I reckon thir- even when I'm at 30 or 40 years in the industry I'll still be trying to learn more
1: oh it's stupid to go down that path of you know just because you've been being here been around for that amount of time
0: yeah experience isn't everything it isn't
1: everything and things change and um yeah people want different things it's not even just about
0: what's right or wrong what's right
1: or wrong what are people looking for and there are fads in the fitness industry and you know we're not doing the zumba so much anymore we're doing f45 and you know there's there's always something coming out something new
0: a new spin on things yeah shake weights (laughs) <laughs> Do <you> remember them? <laughs> yeah. Those
1: things that you used to stand on with no, the bouncer and the Shake
0: weights for vibration machine thing that you stand oh on. Uh, no, but the, the no. shake weights the, the dumbbell that you hold on to and you jerk off.
1: <laughs> I don't think that's an exercise. No, I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> not. It's how you go to sleep, right? <laughs> no, just, well. well. <laughs> Any
0: guys who are listening, it's uh, the best sleeping bill around. (laughs) Any home, I reckon that's probably about as much.
1: Yeah, that's our story. Um, And it's to be continued.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's heaps more. Heaps more to be written. And we're excited to just move on to, well, not even move on to the next chapter. Like, um, like, as, as crazy as it is, it's exciting being in it and whatever happens happens and we'll just keep pivoting and keep keep going yeah um
1: i think some of these zoom sessions are gonna say on the cards and we'll think so like we've got up all these new we've new got clients avenues. who've
0: moved away mm. uh, like kathy for example who's moved away and we've got a whole bunch of other people who over the past years and whatnot have moved because of work or whatever reasons and one of the things that has always been hard for people when they've moved is a fact of leaving the gym and leaving the community. Like, yep. moving forwards, it'll be like, okay, well, you can still stay part of the yep. community via Zoom if, if you want to. So there's lots of silver linings. But finishing as we always do...
1: Okay, podcasts. Yeah.
0: What did you to listen right? to? What did I listen to? I actually... Oh, what have I listened to? Hold on, let me bring it up. I've listened to a couple of things this week. Probably not too many podcasts to be completely honest i listened to an audiobook i've not finished yet called um freakonomics which is kind of interesting it's really hard to probably oops didn't mean to play that it's really hard to describe it's basically an economist and a investigative journalist and they look into trends so not not to do with economics though like I guess it kind of can be. But like if I look into trends of like most popular names at certain times oh, yeah. and it's like, just like interesting stuff. Like, I looked like at, the
1: Rachel hairstyle when friends is out.
0: Yeah, like what, what leads to what leads to certain names becoming popular at different times and like mm-hmm. the most common names and then they even looked at like high Karen. socioeconomic names and low socioeconomic names and does yeah. your name Mean you're gonna be more successful Britney in Lynch. life. You know what though, Britney though, <laughs> they like said Britney wasn't the cause of a Britney. bunch of Britney names. Being, no, popular. she was in the era of Britney she names. She was in the era of Britney <laughs> Britney yeah. names, and before apparently before Britney used to be more of like a, a higher, um, I guess affluent or socioeconomic name. Now not so much.
1: Yeah, not yeah, so much. Yeah, it's gone down a
0: bit now because of Britney. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no, what, what
0: what they say is like people tend to try. I don't know. I don't know about nowadays so much because people are stupid. But people try try to give their children names of like in that time someone who's like successful. They'll name their child after that, and then you, you tend to have a lot of dumb people naming their children after someone really successful. or something
1: stupid well, like now. You, you
0: know what? One of the names for <laughs> was, was on there <laughs> was um. <laughs> Um Fakid. And oh god. how do you reckon oh. that was spelled? Fakheed.
1: <laughs> I don't I don't know. It
0: was spelled Fuckhead. <laughs> well. That was the kid's name. It was pronounced Fakid. Yeah. Right. So what else? There was there was a, f- a few other ones. Um uh Lemon was pronounced. <laughs> 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 oh my god. So it, like just people are stupid. But <laughs> Yeah, I went through heaps of cool stuff like that. I don't know. I found it really interesting. That was, does sound interesting. Yeah. Nothing nothing too crazy that really relates to fitness. But No, I was... Don't I... name your child for kid.
1: <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Actually, I think my, my way of naming my children was yelling it out a bunch of times because, you know, you yell at your kids or mm-hmm. you call your kids all the time. If you yell it and yell it and it sounds really stupid, then possibly it is pretty stupid. How's that for a bit yeah, of an advice? Like yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know mm. why my parents called me Craig.
1: Because <laughs> they wanted to see and, what people and, called and, you and, in America.
0: They envisioned me as a three year old man, as a baby. <laughs> <laughs> as
1: um, I went back to fitness um, with my podcast this this week. I finished listening to a bunch of um, the You Project. Um, and then I went back to listening to stuff you know, that's more fitness-based. And... I listened to um the Alyssa Ritchie's um podcast which she's an American weightlifter 49 kilo weightlifter that was smashing it smashing weight like she was all up for the Olympics um and she uh the ones the ones that I listened to she actually interviewed a bunch of American weightlifters and it um that are that are also trialing for the the Olympics mm. Um. So, like Maddie Rogers. Um. So, listen to it. the podcast is called the, Bite- the Bitey the Strong Pod podcast with Alyssa Ritchie. She I follow her on Instagram. I've been following her for a yeah. while. She's does really good um. Pod- uh, <laughs> Yeah, she does really interesting – well, interesting to me – Insta stories and Instagram information. um, And I hadn't really listened to her podcast, but she's had to do loads of weight cutting for um, weightlifting. She's done RP. Um, She used to go through, like, her notes and how she would do it, and then she would write – every weight cut she would have, like – she would take you through her process and it was super interesting of how she used to do it and everything was weighed and timed and down to the grams of peanut butter and um yeah right. she was she's super strong and super tiny and that's why she's you know called her podcast bitey strong because she was small such a small athlete um I find, I find, I find it super in- interesting because of, you know, the things that I need to do for my weightlifting. I'm not an yeah. Olympic standard or anything like that, but just that next, next level of yeah, yeah of um, weight cuts and all, all of that kind of stuff. So, um, if you are interested in weightlifting, she's a good listen, um, unless you don't like American accents then don't listen to it <laughs> what sort of American accent is she got? um
0: do you know where she's from? it's like one of those strong like New York sort of accents
1: no no no, no 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 um um I can't remember where she's from yeah right off the top of my head yeah. which I probably shouldn't know this because I to Listen to it all the time, but um, anyway, really good. It's really good uh, if you're interested in weightlifting. It gives you a bit of an insight, especially um, women in weightlifting. Um, it wasn't the, the 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 journey that they're on now compared to ten years ago. Like it's come a long way. So mm-hmm. um, I was really interested in the Maddie Rogers podcast that she had because she had changed coaches mm-hmm. in between her. Um, go uh trials for the olympics so it was um super interesting
0: give it a listen guys um jump on subscribe share all the usual stuff that we ask you guys to do we hope you enjoyed today's episode and yeah i don't think there's anything else yeah
1: shout out shout out to us if you have any questions um, hit us up on Instagram. Um, you can get us on the CrossFit Henley. You can get us on the Instagram or you can get us on our own Instagrams, Tony Lane 74 and Coach Craig coach, Harvey. Coach
0: underscore Craig Harvey. Yeah. Uh, I know it now. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. Get, or um, just shoot
0: us an email at uh, InvictusFitnessMMA at gmail.com if you've got any questions, requests, whatever. Yeah, if you yeah. want us to
1: talk about something else.
0: Yeah, let us know. We're pretty open to whatever people want us to talk about. We're eight episodes in, we've we've got this far. We
1: got it. We're getting there.
0: Yeah, we're getting there. I know.
1: All right,
0: guys, we'll have a, have a uh, safe and happy weekend. I think the weather's going to be absolute shit house, but
1: <laughs> try and stay warm.
0: And, yeah. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll speak to you next week.